Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Good morning. I want to make something clear. Last week we talked about this parable of the labors in the vineyard, or whatever your paraphrase says, or whatever you're reading. Some say um, the workers in the vineyard, whatever it was, and we talked about uh, God calling us into the vineyard to work. And I want to make sure that you understand this work is your ministry, what you do for the kingdom. It's, it's not so much here in this church, but it's out there. And everybody has talents and stuff that they're supposed to use for the Lord. So the point of this was is that the people that had been there a long time and got paid one denarius, and the guys that had only been there an hour got the same pay, and we talked about the workers in the field and why this was. Now, one thing we didn't talk about, and it doesn't tell us, is what their jobs are. And you got to think about this, too. The people that were moaning and grumbling because they got the, the same as the guy that had only been there for an hour, it doesn't tell us what they were doing. Maybe the guy that had only been there an hour, these newcomers, I call them, new Christians, and they were on fire. Maybe they were just evangelizing like crazy and reaching people. And, of course, the guys that have been there all day, maybe they were just standing around. The majority of Christians really don't do much with their their gifts that they're given. They just come to church on Sunday, and they think they're all good and everything. Well, the older ones that had been there, I shouldn't say older, the ones that had been there all day, this would have been a long-time, deep-rooted Christian, might just be sitting in their pew and not really doing anything. So it doesn't tell us what they did. They got rewarded the same way regardless of how long they had worked. But we don't know what the work is. And I wanted to just uplift you that if you're a newcomer to Christianity, you too can be picked first. You can get this reward and you can be the first one because the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Well, this whole working in the field brings us to just a couple chapters later where it says this. Put up Matthew 24, 40 and 41. I'm going to use the New International Version here. Two men were in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with their hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. Now you understand, these people are out in the field. Let's take the men first. They're out in the field. And what what this parable was telling us was, was this was basically the church. That's how I like to look at that parable that we talked about. So now we have two men out in the field. Would those be two Christians? If we're following the parable that was just a few chapters before, this could very well be two Christians. One was taken and one was not. Now I get back to my point about the ones that had only been there an hour got the same reward as the people that had been there all day. And those people that had been there all day were the ones that were moaning and whining. And, and this, this is a lot of Christianity. People have been in churches a long time. And if you treat these new people better than you treat me, I'm taking my organ and I'm going home. I actually had a guy say that once in a church I was in. Was he the one left? Was he a, a believer? Oh, it couldn't have been, right? Because believers would go. But he got left. Was he phony? Was he just going through the motions? Was he just showing up to work or a church on Sunday morning? you got to look at this in a big picture. Two men are in the field. One's gone. 
ones remaining. Now, you understand they're talking about the rapture here, right? I don't usually get this deep. But I tell you what got me going on this is Paul in the New Testament, he writes the majority of the New Testament, continues to say, I do not want you to be uninformed. And I don't want you guys to be uninformed either. So every once in a while, as, sim- as, as simple as Christianity can be, sometimes there's some things that we've got to talk about that are a little bit deeper. This rapture, this word is not in the Bible. And it's actually what we call a concept. Some people call it an idea. Some people call it a theory. I call it a concept. The word is not in the Bible. And what it means is, it means intense joy. I love this. The rapture. And and now, I'm going to go a little deep here on you, too. You can be a pre-tribulation person. You can be a mid-tribulation person. Or you can be a post-tribulation person. When you think the rapture is going to happen. Now, I know a lot of you probably haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. I think everybody understands the tribulation, right? The Bible tells us that there is going to be this period of seven years, if you want to do the the math and stuff, I don't want to get into it that deep. There's going to be a seven-year tribulation, and it's actually broken down into two phases. Three and a half years will be when the Antichrist comes with his false prophet, you see, you've got to understand that Satan has his trinity, too. There's Satan, there's the Antichrist, and there's the false prophet. That's the trinity that Satan uses, like our trinity, God, Son, Holy Spirit. Getting in deep, aren't I? All right, here we go. Follow along, okay? Everybody's concerned about this tribulation. I had a good friend once that we were doing some study or something, and he said, I don't know if I can do this. This, this is going to be bad. And if, if we have to go through the tribulation, I just pray that I can keep my faith and all the sign of the beast, right, and all this stuff. Now, everybody's talking about it because they think that we're coming to the end times. All the shots, and, and they think that there's things in the shots, and, and anti-vaxxing, and vax people, and oh boy, we're just getting down. This is the, the sign of the end times, right? It's not. And it tells us that it's not. This tribulation period is going to be a seven-year period. The first three and a half years is when the Antichrist is going to come, and he is going to deceive people that he is the Messiah, that he is the coming of Christ, and that he is God. And the last three and a half years is when everybody's going to discover that he's not, and that's when things get really nasty. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'm going to read this one to you. Um, You will hear of wars and rumor of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Stay with me here. Such things must happen, but the end is still not to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, earthquakes in various places. But it's not the time. So, you know, if if you're one of these people that thinks that we're going into this end times and here's all the signs and everything like that, it says right there that it's not. It's not the end. What's going to happen is you're going to know when the end is coming. You, You don't have to worry about this. And I'm going to try to give you some comfort in knowing when the end times are going to come. The rapture is the idea that Christ is going to come for his church. And the dead will rise first, 
and the ones that are still walking the earth, that would be us today, will meet him in the sky. Now, you've got to understand that this means that he's going to rapture his church. Intense joy. Rapture his church. They'll be gone. And the rest of the people will be left for tribulation. That's what's called pre-tribulation concept of the rapture. Mid-tribulation, mid-tribulation rapture would be after the first three and a half years when things are going to get really bad. He raptures his church. Post-tribulation concept of the rapture is that he waits till the end when he actually comes and sets foot on earth. And then he raptures his church. You do have to go through all those things. And a lot of people think we're going through them right now. Anybody with me on this? You see how, how intense this gets and how deep this is? We're going to do some deep stuff for a little while. The doctrine of the rapture is such as this. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. Okay, so the rapture is not even mentioned in the Old Testament. And here we're getting into 1 Corinthians, and Paul's writing a letter to the church of Corinth, telling them, I'm going to reveal something to you. But let me reveal to you this wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, at the last trumpet. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died shall be raised to live forever with a new body. And those that are living will be transformed. We're going to meet up with him in the clouds. Christ's return, his second coming, the glorious appearing is kind of what I see as a two-phase thing. There's the rapture where we're going to meet up in the clouds. He hasn't touched earth. I don't know whether you think that's a coming or not. But at the end of the tribulation, it says he actually comes to earth. So the, the glorious appearing, the one that you and I, and I hope everybody at least here, will be pre-tribulation. We're not going to have to go through this stuff. And I'm so sick and tired of people trying to figure out when it is, and if this is the, the sign of the times, and is this the end of the age, and, and the apostles wanted to know too, they, what's going to happen? And he's trying to explain to them what's going to happen. And, and you've got to understand that if you're a pre-tribulation person, it doesn't matter to you. You won't be here. Who cares? The only thing we should care about is the empathy that we would have for people that are going to be left behind because it's going to be very bad. This concept of the rapture is so beautiful. This is what God's plan is for you. He never has made a plan to make you go through all this kind of drama and anger and, and all of the plagues that are going to happen. He actually has a very good plan. I want to read something here about the two guys in the field. And this is how you should remember that we're not supposed to know. That you're not going to be able to figure it out. So if you think this is the beginning of the end times, if this is the birth pains that they talk about, it for the end of the age, you're probably wrong because you're not going to know. And if you think you know, then you don't know. 
That's some simple stuff right there. Sometimes we say just keep your mouth shut or mind your own business. Uh, let me see where I'm even going to start with this. I, I can't put all this on the screen. Um, However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. I'm going to skip ahead here a little bit. They didn't know when the rain was going to start. When Noah got on his boat, nobody knew this was going to happen. But then the flood started. That's how the tribulation is going to be. Um... That is the very way that the Son of Man will come. Two men will be working together in a field. One will be taken and the other left. You understand this is kind of, he's he's paralleling this with the the flood. Nobody knew when it was going to come. He just tells Noah to start building this boat and just get ready. And then he says, get on the boat and get all the animals. So, you know, maybe they should have seen it coming a little bit. And maybe we should too. But we're supposed to be on guard. All the time. Here's my opinion of the rapture. And I base a lot of things on this pre-rapture concept. This would be that he returns, he comes to the clouds, he gathers up the dead first. Now you understand, they're, they're spiritual now, so the soul is in heaven, but their body is not. Boy, this is getting deep, isn't it? So what he does is he comes in the clouds, he, rise, he raises the dead first and takes their bodies and gives them a new body. It's not that they've been just laying on the earth waiting for him to come. We go to heaven right away. We know this from the thief on the cross. He's going to take them first. And then he's going to take those that are part of his church, the ones that have genuine love for him, the ones that have been faithful to him, the ones that have tried their best and he's going to take them, and you do not need to worry about the rapture. To the letter of the Church of Philadelphia, I believe it was, uh, put up Revelations 3.10, will you? Because you have kept my commands to persevere. Now, you've got to think about this. You've kept my commands. So some of them we like and some we don't, and I'll do those, but I won't do those. But he's saying here, Because you've kept my commands, I will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth. Those will be the ones left behind, will be the ones that will be tested. And it's going to be very bad. It's going to be... You know, the mark of the beast. If you want to go into Daniel, this is a lot, of, a lot of in Daniel and Ezekiel, I believe, too, talks about this tribulation to come. And the, the first three and a half years isn't so bad. But then the last three and a half years is nasty. We're going to get the mark of the beast. I shouldn't say we. Those left will get the mark of the beast, and they won't be able to buy groceries, and they won't be able to work or anything. It'll just be really bad for them. You don't have to worry about it. If you keep his commands, that's the part you need to worry about. We don't need to figure out all this tribulation thing. We don't need to figure out when the tribulation has started and whether then in three and a half years the great tribulation is going to come and I can see signs of the ends of the age coming now. Well, no, you don't. Because it says it will not happen when you see these signs. It's not time yet. You don't know when the time is. So quit trying to figure it out. 
and just understand that he loves you so much that he's going to rapture his church. He, he does not call people to Christianity to have them suffer through the Great Tribulation. It's just not right. It doesn't follow suit with everything else. First Thessalonians uh, 5, 9. For God came to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. That's what the tribulation is, is when he's going to pour out his wrath on the earth. You understand, this says he's not going to put us through that. I'm a pre-tribulation guy because I believe that he's going to rapture his church before it ever gets to that point. You know, so many times we, we think that things are getting bad and, you know, why doesn't Jesus just come back? Well, I think a lot of you probably know somebody that's going to be left behind. You know how bad that's going to be? If they keep the faith or come to faith in those years, they will be saved. When Jesus comes back and steps earth, to steps foot on earth, that is actually the glorious appearing, and that is when the real battle is going to take place. If you can continue and get through that, if you can persevere through that, you too will be saved. But it's going to be bad. Real bad. I urge you to read about this stuff. And you can't just take some of the Bible and say, oh, I believe that, but I don't believe that. And that, that, that was, this was only for the Israelites. This isn't for us. You can't, you can't decide what is for us and what isn't. You have to follow the theme of the whole thing. He can't just be good here, but not good here. This was just for them, but, but not for me. But this part over here, this is for me. Yet he was talking to them. Oh, no, this means he's talking to the whole church, not this over here. You can't do that. God is the same today as he was yesterday and the same that he'll be tomorrow. He never changes. And his love for you is so great that if you'll keep his commands, he will keep you from the hour of trial. So cut it out. Stop trying to figure out this whole tribulation thing. Even if you're a mid-tribulation person, the first three and a half years aren't going to be bad. You're going to be deceived, and um, he's going to claim to be Christ and stuff like that, and maybe he'll rapture the church to then, and you won't have to go through the bad stuff. Okay, I'm good with that. Good for you. If you think that it's going to be a rapture at the end of the tribulation, that means God is going to purposely put you through that and make you suffer so bad to test your faith. He is testing our faith all along the way. He doesn't have to do that. That is the wrath of God that's going to come on this earth. And it says that he will spare us from it. So quit trying to figure it out. Will the worship team get ready? I got to cut this kind of short, you see, because... Kelly's got to bring all those kids out here. And... And, yeah, you're going to run down the hall and tell her I did that, right? Got myself in trouble the other day, too. <laughs> because you have kept my commands. How you doing? You going to make it? You're going to make that, that rapture? You're going to be the one to go? How cool will it be? It's going to be real cool. I personally don't think Earth is all that great. I've had a lot of fun here, but this is not where I belong. <laughs> Isn't that a song? Abby, are you going to sing that one? No. <laughs> we might as well get Kelly.
listen to this. You're not even going to be judged for your salvation. We're going to be judged based on what we did. And you'll be rewarded based on what you did, your deeds, right? But your salvation is right here, right now. You get the privilege of making this call right here today. You want to be raptured or don't you? If you think, oh, I'm just kind of on the fence, maybe I'll, go, maybe I'll be one of those guys to go through the tribulation, and, you know, if it's really a real thing, then I'll, oh, boy, come on. It's just easier just to do it now. But you don't trust the fat guy with the beard, right? So you want some sort of a sign from heaven, right? This guy can't know what he's talking about. I, I need some sort of sign. Well, he sent his son to earth, and we killed him. That was your sign. Why didn't you take it then? we got a whole book all about it right here. All what we're supposed to do. And those that will keep his commands, he will rapture. He will take you up and meet in the clouds. You will never have to go through the tribulation. I like these people. I shouldn't say I like. I, I, I have sympathy for the people that say, you know, on my deathbed, I'll, I'll cry out to him. I'm not going to worry about it now, but when I get to the point where I'm going to die, then I'll... Then I'll do it, right? Because he takes the same, just like the thief on the cross. I can turn to him any time. You told me that. I can turn to him any time. So I'll just wait. He actually, you have to understand that you're asking to suffer. Because if a bus hits you and you go like that, there's no, no time. So what you're asking for is, give me something that makes me suffer so that then I'll have time to do it. Maybe you're going to have to go through the tribulation. Same thing. You're asking for suffering. Then I'll realize that I need you when you could just do it today. So simple. You don't have to trust me. Ask somebody else. All kinds of people, your friends, your family, all kinds of people. You can be raptured and never have to deal with the tribulation. Quit trying to figure it out. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe in him is condemned already. It's a choice you make here. Now I'm going to skip down a couple and do a different paraphrase here so you can understand this. He that believeth will not be judged. That judgment is your salvation. You're going to be judged. You're going to be held accountable. You're going to step before the throne. You're going to go through everything you did in your life. But not the judgment part about your salvation because you choose here and now. This is what we do. This is the blessing that can come over you if you'll just give in right away. Will somebody get Kelly and tell her we're just about ready for her? I want to give you the opportunity to stop from going through the tribulation. Whether you're a pre-trib person, mid-trib person, those two theories, those two concepts, you'll never have to go through the bad stuff, and you can do it right here, right now. And as I pray out, I just want you to do this in your own mind. You don't have to follow along with me. I just want you to think about this. I can spare you the great tribulation, the last three and a half years, that's going to really, really be bad. This is why I stand up here and do this. I don't know everything. We can study the tribulation all you want. Come to my office. We'll sit down. We'll go through every scripture there is. But I'm telling you, if you'll just do what I'm about to do, you don't have to worry about it. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for waiting for me. Thank you for not rapturing your church just yet because I needed some time. Father, I am a sinner. I know that. 
I've done some bad things, and I just want to ask for your forgiveness. Father God, would you just spare me from this tribulation that people are going to have to go through? From this day forward, I want to call you the Lord of my life. You are my Savior. Right here, right now, I have the privilege to choose, and I choose you. In Jesus' name we thank you, Father. Amen.